Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A Reformation text was written by the prophet Isaiah almost 3,000 years ago in Isaiah chapter 30. This is what the Lord says. These are a rebellious people who tell the prophets, stop prophesying what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave the way. Turn from the path. Stop getting in our face about the Holy One of Israel. This is what the Lord, the Holy One, says. Since you have rejected my word and you trust in oppression and deceit, and you rely on them, your guilt will be like a crack in a wall, bulging out and about to collapse. It will suddenly fall without warning. This is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says. If you repent and wait quietly, you will be saved. Your strength will depend on quietness and trust. This is our Reformation text because this was a motto that Luther leaned on during the Reformation. So I'll read it once more. If you repent and wait quietly, the Holy One of Israel says, if you repent and wait quietly, you will be saved. Your strength will depend on quietness and trust. Dear heirs of the Reformation, these are the days that try men's souls. Those famous words were not written about Isaiah's day, but they could have been. Many of the people of Israel were deserting the faith that had been handed to them by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and were turning to other gods. For the elite of Israel and Judah, amassing the greatest amount of wealth and luxury possible at the expense of the common people was a way of life. And the people were terrified by the cruelty of the enemies that were threatening them. How could they be saved? They felt like people standing before a dam that was ready to burst. Cracks were showing up all over. Water was spraying out. At any moment, there could be a devastating deluge that would sweep everything away so much that there wouldn't even be scraps to pick up. How could they be saved? These are the days that try men's souls. Those famous words were not written about the church in America in 2021, but they could have been. More than half of the people do not attend church with any regularity. Immorality of all sorts is sweeping away the foundations of the family. Materialism and wealth is a god from Wall Street to Washington, from Manhattan to Main Street. There is fear and violence and hate all around. And these attitudes can begin to ooze into the hearts of Christians, too. How many confirmation vows have been forsaken? How many wedding vows have been abandoned or, maybe what's worse, never made in the first place? We can feel like that little Dutch boy in the story who was 
had his finger in the dike trying to hold back the flood. Cracks are appearing all over. Water spraying out. The dam could explode. The dike could break. And there should be a devastating deluge that would sweep everything away. Our golden days gone. How will we be saved? It was for times like these that Isaiah the prophet stepped forward with a plan. A plan not for survival and salvage, but a plan for reformation and renewal. He gave a simple plan, God's plan, and he said, In repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. The first word of Isaiah's plan was repentance. This is really a good Reformation text because the first word of the Reformation was repentance. When Luther wrote the 95 Theses, which brought in the Reformation, the first thesis, number one, was when our Lord God says repent, he wills that the whole life of a Christian should be repentance. We are called to repentance when we are confronted by the Holy One of Israel, as Isaiah calls him. The God who says, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. The God who demands perfect obedience. The God who will never be satisfied with second place in our hearts. And wants more than the leftovers of our love. The God who says, turn, turn and live. The first word of the Reformation, repentance, means turning. And it is, first of all, a turning from. It is turning away from selfishness and self-righteousness that thinks we can earn our own salvation. It is turning from fears that lead us to be afraid to confront the powers of the world the way the three men did in our reading. It is turning from sins that we hate, but we still try to hang on to. There's been a lot of talk about all the different crises facing our world today, but one word I don't recall ever hearing, maybe you've heard it, but one word I never hear, I've never heard is repent. But that's actually the first word that the world needs to hear and we need to hear. We certainly can think of all kinds of candidates that we, to whom we would like to say, repent. Financiers who sell the future for quick profits and don't care about serving. Many people who live way beyond their means and leave the bills for their children and their grandchildren. Politicians whose eyes are blurred by campaign contributions and the big payoffs they know will come in book deals and speech making after they have left office. Those who place no value on the life of the unborn child or even the child who was just, just born. Those who turn to violence, those who uh, hate those who hate them. We could spend the whole sermon and probably another hour beyond that, just listing the people that we can think of to whom God would say, repent. 
But if we did that, we'd be missing Isaiah's main point and Luther's main point. Isaiah's point was that when we are looking for candidates for repentance, the place to start is with the mirror. To the person who looks back at us in the mirror, God says, repent. The call to repentance is for everyone all the time. In times of crises or trouble, it's easy for us to think of maybe the people who are really causing a lot of the crisis. We might even think some of those who are suffering really deserve it. But when some people were talking with Jesus about some disasters that had happened recently, Jesus said, when you hear about such things, repent, so that you do not perish in the same way. God's call to repentance is universal and it's for everyone. But here's where the good news comes in. Repentance is not just turning from something, it is turning to something. It is turning to Christ in faith. If the first word of the Lutheran Reformation was repent, the last word is faith. The first outcome of repentance is salvation. It is, of course, salvation from sin. But it is also salvation from frantic efforts to try to save ourselves by our works. It's the ability to rest in peace, in the confidence of what Christ has done for us. It's the eagerness to take the joy that we find in the gospel and let it override and rise above all the other things that happen in the world all around us. God wants us to find salvation, and in that salvation, he wants us to find strength, which is the second result of repentance. It's strength to face whatever life in this world may bring to us. In a sinful world under the curse of sin, everyone, the guiltiest, the guiltier, the guilty, and the not-so-guilty, all suffer the consequences of sin. But through the gospel, we find the strength to face these things, the strength to confront the world, the strength to overcome defeatism or despair, the strength to give a faithful testimony to the gospel, the strength to endure, the strength to battle, and the strength to deny ourselves. The world in which people by nature put themselves first has no use for a savior who says, deny yourself. They'd rather say like the people of Isaiah's day, stop getting in our face with the Holy One of Israel. Preach and teach pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Stop getting in our face with the Holy One of Israel. But the duty of the church is not to tell the world what it wants to hear, but what it needs to hear. Because you see, for the world and for all of us, there are only two options. To be confronted by the Holy One of Israel now 
or to be confronted by the Holy One of Israel on Judgment Day when it's too late for anything to be done. Reformation was a call, really, like the gospel in every age, to the world to repent and to be renewed. But the world can't be renewed unless the church is renewed. And the church can't be renewed unless congregations are renewed. And congregations can't be renewed unless families are renewed. And families can't be renewed unless each of us is renewed and strengthened through the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And that, of course, is the job of the means of grace, the gospel and word and sacrament. When the law has done its job and called us to repent, the free grace we have, the free grace we celebrate in the Reformation, leads us deeper into God's word. It leads us to pray for the church in the world. And it builds up in us strength until we say to the question, who rules your life? We can answer Christ alone. Rest, quietness, and trust don't mean that we sit back and do nothing. It means that we understand that human plans and activities and all our efforts do not bring about the renewal that we and the world need. Only the gospel can do that. It means that we find strength in the gospel, strength to share with others. What the world really needs and what really, we really need is not all kinds of human plans, although we need them, but we need God's plan, the plan that Isaiah gave in our text. Because it's only the life-giving, world-changing power of the gospel that can bring about renewal and reformation for the world. We do work, but we don't really do the work. The Holy Spirit does it when we turn the word loose. God's word is like a lion. If you let a lion loose, he does a pretty good job of taking care of himself. Our job is to open the door and let the lion loose. The power of the gospel will do its work. God's law will be a hammer that breaks sin and resistance. God's gospel will be a medicine that heals sin-sick souls. The outcome of Isaiah's plan is twofold. One result is peace. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we have that peace, the second result is power. Power to endure through everything that happens between now and Judgment Day, and power to share the gospel with a world that needs it. Now, none of us knows how all the many crises that are in the world today and will keep coming till Judgment Day, we don't know exactly how they're going to turn out. But we know where we should begin and where we should end. We begin with repentance, and we end with faith. We end with the plan that Isaiah gave us. 
In repentance and trust is your salvation. In quietness and rest is your strength. I'll read it once more. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Amen.